Welcome to The Process is Black and White, where we discuss, well, just about everything. Here's your host, Vernon and Devin. Good morning, Vernon. Good morning, Devin. So, this week, something big happened uh, in the NBA world. They dropped the 75, uh, ugh, it's the year 75. 75 of the NBA. So they dropped their their uh, all-time 75 greatest players. It ended up being 76 because there was a tie. Um, I don't know the story of that tie. I should have looked it up. But there there was a tie, so they ended up landing with 76 players. Have you seen the list? Only in part. Okay. Uh, like, because I saw some of the people that are like that claim the they snubs, got snubbed, right? like Clay mm-hmm. and Dwight. I think got on the list, so he's like Dwight about it. And then Anthony Davis uh, is on the list too. And so I guess there's questions of like young young players that got on the list versus you know established players and you know blah 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 blah. So, yeah, yeah. So you had uh, the th- the top snubs. Well, there there was a good bit of them, so I guess it's hard to say the top. But Dwight was one of the one of the snubs. Oh, Dwight was what? Dwight was off the list, but Anthony Davis was on the list. No, no, nah, nah. Anthony Davis th- thought he was. Yeah, he missed me with that. He can't be no snub yet. He he makes the top one hundred, not not top seventy five. But um, yeah, now nah, Dwight, uh, Clay, um, there were some guys, uh. Like Anthony Harderley, Grant Hill didn't make it. Grant Hill um, didn't make it, huh? Yeah, Grant Hill didn't make huh. it. Um, it's the problem with lists. Yeah, that's the problem with lists. What's yeah, Grant the, Hill seems like he he, he should he, make he, it, but he seems like he should. But seventy five isn't really all that many. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, but, like I can come up with, I can easily come up with fifteen players right now that are playing, that are right, like in this moment. That that should be on that list, right? So that means that in 2010 there were 15, and in 2000 there were 15. Like you, pretty quickly you got to four, you got to 45, and you just went back to 2000. Mm-hmm. So there's gonna be people that get missed on that list. Yes, totally. I I just wondered their criteria, the criteria of how how was it how was it decided. I love, you know, I love that because I know there was like a criteria in terms of like everyone had to like fill out these uh, forms and, and select their people and all of that good stuff. But like, were they given instructions on how to vote? Like what's important? Or was it each individual person putting the importance on, you know, things that they thought that mattered? Because if I was voting and you gave it up to me, I would X out. Any regular season statistics, period. Because oh, you would just go postseason. Go, I would go postseason, so that would knock out a lot of guys. Yeah, because that's because in the NBA, it's two it's two very different seasons. Right? Yes, there's the there's the season, and then there's the postseason. They're very different. Yes. Everything about the way the basketball is played, literally everything, is completely different. Exactly. So I'm just curious. I, you know, is there a 75 list or a list of any sort? that you would want to see, whether sports, life, you know, that you, you would want to see. 
you know what what list oh, that hasn't been made that you would want to see so i've been thinking about this the the um some podcasts that i listen to because that's like you know that's like my entire personality i guess is um is this guy said like you can only in a lifetime read i forget how many was but let's say it's 1300 books so you should choose them carefully and i was like huh that's really thoughtful like you can only do this so many times in a lifetime whatever that is right and so that's what i want my lists to be like if you did one hike every day for the rest of your life um, or one hike every week every, for the rest of your life, what would be the hikes that you should go on? If you read a book a week for the rest of your life, what are the books you should read? If you, whatever it is, like if this is how much time you have in life, these are the ones you should read and this is vaguely the order that you should read them in or go on those hikes in or albums you should listen to or whatever it is. Mm. Um, that's how I want my lists formulated. Like, that, that's you have, awesome. You have this much time left in life. Here's how you should spend it. Wow. That's awesome. We'll have to put together, like, you know, the albums that you would listen to. Or, oh, here's a great list. Some homework, if we can remember. We, we seem to forget homework a lot on here. But uh, <laughs> what about if you got, let's say, 20 minutes left of life 20 minutes left of life you know or 21 minutes we'll call it left of life whatever my math 24 i'm sorry 24 minutes left of life average song is about three minutes long what would be the eight songs that you would listen to in the order that you would listen to them in wow right wow i mean i like i i can i can guess a few of those like off yeah. the top of my head that would that would make it but yeah, if you only had yeah, if you have an hour left and you can listen to four songs or five songs or some amount, yeah, like you got songs you, yeah. that you want to pick. You got your last five songs of life. What what would you yeah, want them to be? What do you want to pick? I'm curious on, like, are they sad? Are they energetic? Are they like what would you what would you go out on? I mean, I, and, I would and you're true, right? I would hope that I would pick songs that feel good. Um, yeah. So yeah. like, I would hope that like I might pick uh, "Testify" by Parliament Funkadelic. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, okay. That's got like a, a sort of a religious vibe, you know, anyway, and you're about to die. And like, I think everybody when they're about to die is a little bit religious, even people like me that are like anti-religious, you know? Yeah. Um. So I, I think I would like that to be on there. Or I would like songs that are like reflective, but not sad, you know? So yes. like, so like Bruce Springsteen does dancing in the dark, right? That you song don't... is reflecting on your life, but it's not sad. It's more thoughtful. Um, and it's you know, a little sad because life's a little sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want no David Bowie changes or anything. <laughs> I don't think that so. Seems, that seems like a classic on to the next destination song that I constantly hear. Yeah. Uh, always. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, I, I don't think I want David Bowie personally. <laughs> like, I, I like David Bowie, but yeah. I don't I, I don't think that that he's what I'd want to, I don't know. That's an interesting right? question. Well, you got question? anything on your list that you would think of? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to be cool. And I, and I like to say, uh, that it would be something with energy, uh, like a big record. Sure. You know what I mean? Like something that has energy and big, you know, like something like, uh, Jay-Z, uh, 
and not ambitious. Um, yeah, I'm so ambitious. Jay Z and Pharrell, some something big like that. Uh, something soulful. I would probably, I would probably make the very last song. Um, you know, oh my goodness, I always do this with Duke. Duke Ellington, uh, in a sentimental mood, would sure. probably be. Yeah, I mean that's my, something that's this classic, this yeah, epic like that. It, that's yeah, the that reflective sure. song that I would do. I would definitely end it on Duke Ellington in a sentimental mood. Uh, maybe a kind of blue. Miles Davis might be in there. Sure. Yeah, you know, course. maybe that would probably be my last two outros. But I, I'd have to start it out with some, with, with like a bang. I don't know. Some, yeah, you something. want a banger in there? Yeah, I need something <laughs> like, you know, you know, something in there. Yeah, I don't know. Something, something Championships just like. Championships by Meek Mill. <laughs> yeah, or even, even like, I'm trying to think of just like a, a nice, just loud, just party song, just like to celebrate, you know? Like I'm like Jay, like pretty Shelby. young thing by Michael Jackson. Yeah, some, yeah, something yeah, something like something that. Something feels feels great. Or Curtis 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 Mayfield. Um, sure, there's a uh, uh, oh man, you know the the drum with the trumpets with the horns. Uh, <laughs> oh shoot, what the name of the song is? You know, uh, move on up. Maybe? Yeah, move on up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the horns, with the crazy horn. You know. Kanye, Kanye sampled it and uh, I forget the name of the song. Sure. But uh, yeah, move on up with the horns, like something like that. That like, you know, something something celebratory. I would like to think that's what I, my mood would be. That's who you, that's who I want to be. That's the person that yeah. I want to be. And that's what I'm trying to convey is that I would want it to be that. But ultimately, it'd be like, uh, you know, boys the men. Uh, say it's End so hard road. to say goodbye. End <laughs> of the road, or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would probably be that if if, if I had it, it you would be listening to Babyface on the way out. Yeah, yeah, it'd be something, something super sad, or some something like some soppy music. You know, some of what they call it, the, the brown liquor music, is what it would be. Sure, uh, you know, on the way out, you know. Although I would hope it would be moving on up. It'd be nice. I didn't even realize that. Moving on up. Did you <laughs> did you catch that? <laughs> so um Oh man, that's too funny. Speaking of moving on up this week, we, we <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to transition. How do we go from there to uh this week's chapters? Seth was on a roll this week about uh you know, I, I guess uh picking your smallest viable audience that was a huge part of what he talked about yeah. and then uh and then uh people like us do things like this which is like one of his favorite things and yeah. i think about it all the time oh that's one of your favorite lines but yeah. you know it's one i got to start with hmm. you know you know it's one the thing my my introduction to Seth Rogan came from Seth I mean, Seth, Seth Rogan Seth Go- <laughs> Seth, <laughs> Seth Gogan came from you know, a thousand true fans. Yeah. That was my, that was my introduction. And it was, and it was dope. You know, you know, I'm jumping ahead here. I'm on talking chapter eight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Especially in a way. Yeah. We do. And and the way that he writes them, it doesn't really matter. You can listen in any order or whatever. That's true. Yeah. Which is awesome. But what, what he, he tells, this was like the one time where, he he almost turns this into a chapter, and for him, that would be a whole five minutes. 
but he, he he turns it he turns it into a chapter and it's um you know uh cycle and network effects the most effective remarkable comes from design and then the miracle happens and a thousand true fans so you know he he starts out kind of talking about the importance of building a network, you know, the importance of, you know, some people get lucky and they actually, we talked about this before. They actually go viral off of, off of a video. And, but that's not a sustainable way to go about trying to build something great. The way you build something great is that you start in the, um, micro and grow it in a macro sense and try to grow it to a macro sense. But you start with the micro. You started very small because in one of his lines, he says, if you can't get 20 people to come back genuinely and become a fan of yours, how are you going to get 20,000? You know what I mean? Like you got, you got to at least get one or two that comes to your restaurant because they're like a true fan and they're excited and they buy whatever it is that you offer. And they, they want to just be a part of what it is that you're doing. You know, if you can't get two, then you damn sure can't get 20,000. You know what I mean? So he talks about that, you know, and then he kind of tells the story of leading up, like the importance of how do you cultivate that relationship? You know, he talks about uh, with a true fan, that's somebody that is willing to buy and spend and support whatever it is that you off- you're offering. You know, there's a lady that my wife follows, uh, lady, North Philly lady, uh, Salt is her name. And uh, she got her start basically by like having this crazy prom send off for a son where she made she turned prom into uh, uh, like Africa or something. And she had like, you know, animals out there like this is North Philly. She like took the whole neighborhood over and sure. made this this extravagant prom send off is unbelievable and from there people just fell in love with her and then she started a, a restaurant called country country cooking where you know she she cooks food her way and people come from all over to try this food i'm talking middle of north philly you know like people driving up from like indiana just to like sure you know try salt's cooking you know she's got like three hundred thousand followers social media and everything she touched turns to gold. Then she ends up getting a shop, uh, um, working with the guy, Brown Shop, right? And, you know, having them um, selling like her seafood salad. Then it turned into he gave her her home area and allowed her restaurant to come into his shop, right? And now she has a little side area, buffet style, inside of a shop, right? But basically everything she does, people come to buy everything. Now she's selling seasonings and she's doing all types of stuff and everything is flying out the door. That's because regardless of the quality of the food, regardless, people don't know. People don't know if they like it or not, honestly. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know unless you try something else, you know, similar to it or made by somebody else. And then you realize like, oh, no, this is better. But people don't care because at the end of the day, people are invested in her and what she's doing. You know, they're they're a part of her story. And that and that to me is what that thousand true fans means. He said, don't waste your time on, you know, customers who aren't invested in you. 
I'm, I'm verbatim. That's not verbatim, but sure. You know, he was like, "Don't waste your time on those customers." You know, only focus on the customers who are truly about you and then build off of that because they're going to go and tell everyone else about you. They're going to network for you. So that's the importance of a customer is you want that customer to be your network and then they go out and network for you. And the thing that I think about with that, so the, the thousand true fans thing and the people like us do things like this, those two things hold so tightly together. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And to me, the reason why or the insight there, I guess, which it's not like I'm like, come, I didn't come up with either of these ideas. Right. <laughs> is that, is that it goes back to that. Like he was talking about, you know, why, do, why do we sell cars in different colors? Right. If they all, mm -hmm. if they all sell for the same price, why do we sell them in different colors and stuff like that? Right. Like it's, if you have, if you can find a subset of people that genuinely is in, into what you're into and buys what you're selling. Then the opposite side of that, right, is that those people will signal to the other people that are like that, like, hey, this is what we're into. It's like, you know, you go to a baseball game, everybody's wearing the same kind of jerseys, right? Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, look, we're, we're in the in crowd. Um, and that same thing applying to selling a product is surprising. It's not obvious to me at all that like, oh, part of the reason that I buy the hoodies that I buy, for example – are because sure they're well made, but and they have all these like other benefits. But it's because I value the thing that they're selling, and that they've marketed the thing that they're selling directly to people like me, who value what they're selling. Which is like, I want well made products by people who get paid full salaries, you know, ideally made in the United States. But it's not necessarily about you know an American thing, but rather about like a supply chain thing, right? And, they have that whole story and everything about their entire marketing is built towards that. So I buy their hoodies. Like it, it makes sense when you kind of like put it all together as this, okay, well, we're, we're going to have this thousand true fans thing and then we're going to let them sell to it. But we're just going to keep leaning in more and more to this one thing. And uh, I mean, I'm a sucker for it. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're totally right with, the whole idea of, you know, you want to be a part of something. You know, he talks about, and it's part of our conversation we had off here, where he talks about, like, no one needs anything. You know, all we actually need is shelter, food, water. We all have that. Yeah, companionship, it's tough to live alone. But other, other than that, shelter, food, water, companionship. You know, I, I don't know that people can live without other people. Like, as a person who doesn't live with a lot of people, right, who's pretty, like, you know, it's pretty much Sarah and I. Like, yeah. We're a pretty tight group. Uh, you need other people. But other than that, I totally agree with him. Yeah. And I think when he when he's talking about, you know, belonging, mm -hmm. you know, people like us do, do things like that. That's where do things like this. But that's where those other people come in. You know what I mean? Like, no one needs anything that we're selling right now. No, there's no need for it. We got to figure out, well, why would this person want it? And that's where the people like us do things like this come in. You know what I mean? Like, that that's the part that we got to get across. So whenever we're doing, you know, for me, for you, as we dabble in our businesses and stuff like that, it's understanding, like, 
well, why would people want to be a part of what we what we're doing? And the answer is we we have to paint the picture of because people like us do things like this. You know, well, it's, we, it's surprisingly similar. Like there was a couple of spots where he was like, you know, you need to tell people a story. And I was like, oh, look, story brand. Like he's yeah. basically saying the same thing. He's but he's just slotting it in in a different place. Like he's saying, like, here, philosophically, be this. And when you're telling the story, the people that are interested in that story are going to immediately latch on to it, which makes sense. Yes, exactly. And and the importance of like understanding what do people want? Like what, you know, so that yeah, was one of the things that I enjoyed is on, on one of the little excerpts, he talks about how your approach shouldn't be like, hey, did you, you make something and you, and you go to somebody, you know, after you make something, you're like, oh, did you like it? Did you like it? And he said, you know, he made a point was like, well, that, that right there doesn't really get you the information that you want. It, it's kind of similar to the mom test theory. Like that right there doesn't give you the information that you want. You know, somebody might go, oh, yeah, yeah, it was it was good. But you get no why. So you get nothing to build off of. He was like, try from now on instead of asking someone just like, oh, hey, did you like it? Did you like what I made? You know, ask them instead. Hey, try this thing I make. I think it's pretty good. But, you know, tell me what what do you think? What, what would you do differently? Like, how could this be better? And, you know, even though you, you're excited and you feel like you have a finished product, what you're really doing is trying to take something that you believe is good and, and take and have an opportunity to even take it to another level. You know what I mean? And, and more information and knowing what people actually want is going to help you provide a better product. So then you can really say, hey, people like us, you know, do things like this or, or like things like this. And that information comes from the people, not just your assertion. Yeah, one of one of the things that it's actually another thing that we talk about, like it's a theme a lot. Is he was he said, uh, whatever you do, don't assume that other people think like you. And mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, there you go, Seth. Because like that, I, I would say has been a thing that I I gets reinforced to me all the time is that people don't necessarily think in the same way that I think at all, and that it's more interesting and exciting when they don't right like I, I get more value out of a conversation or whatever when somebody thinks in a different way which i think is part of the fun of this show right is that like we're both reflecting on the same thing but we're taking away totally different, different parts of the book sometimes and we're bouncing them back you know it, it's it keeps it for me it keeps keeps it exciting yeah no i i'm telling you this this book man it's i love how it's very actionable I'm still in one of your words, you know, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a book you can, you can just kind of put right into play, like immediately, you know, like for me, I think, um, I think I had, I, I think there was this idea and this book didn't change this mindset more so story brand actually probably the lean startup was the beginning of this change where i got into this space where it was like hey man it, you know if it didn't get five thousand likes it was like you know what what's going on like uh, that wasn't a good one 
you know, that recipe is not a good one or, or that video wasn't a good one, whatever it was. And I think the important thing that I've kind of learned now is screw the amount of likes. I'm trying to see how many people that liked my video before like this video that I just put up today and then likes the one that I put up tomorrow. And then seeing who, if I could find five people that like everything and every time I put something up, likes everything, like I'm going to put my attention towards them. And I might send a little, you know, DM or whatever and just go, you know, have you tried any other seasonings? What do you think? You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. just really focusing in on who, like it's that old adage is, you know, people like the people that like them, right? Like that, that that kind of, who likes me? Um, so that I can like you back, you know, talking like schoolyard romance here, <laughs> you <Sure>. know, <laughs> who's giving me the attention. Um, but that's been something that I think we've we've changed our thought process as a business um, with 2400 The Movement is that we're not no longer worried about like how many, but we're now worried about who. Right. You know. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's, um, so I did this project, uh, I just finished it, um, for an, a, an, a friend of mine, basically, where I, where I built a, just like a little page on his website that does like, kind of does a couple of specific things to help a super specific subset of his customers get a piece of information. That's it. It doesn't actually sell them anything. He was, I was like, do you want me to like add like some sales stuff on there? And he was like, no, I don't care. He's like, all I know is that if I have this database, like that people can go and they can click this thing and they can click that thing and they can find out what the chemical reactivity of this product is, people will come visit my site. That was literally it. So he built this whole thing. He spent, you know, I mean, he spent a non-trivial amount of money, right? Like a pretty significant amount of money to have a developer come in and build a specific page just for technical information for customers who might someday want to buy his stuff. And I'm listening to that or I'm doing that work and I'm finishing that project up for him. And I'm thinking about like how far ahead of the, visionary product sales game this guy is to be like right i mean we that's from traction from gabriel weinberg's book that we read where he's where he's like oh yeah you can do marketing by i forget what he called it but it was like marketing by showing off how technically expert you are right so there's that Mm -hmm. there's a hundred percent of like people like us do things like this sort of thing where he's just like here i'm giving this information away to anybody who wants it because maybe they'll come back and buy this other thing, right? And it's, again, it's like driving home this specific thing for his true fans. He's like, oh, you're a true fan? You need this product? I don't care that I can't really sell you anything based on this thing that I built. It doesn't matter because you're a true fan and I wanna give you the information and then maybe you'll buy my stuff. And I'm like, man, what a good businessman this dude is. To, to realize all of that, and maybe he's got the words for it. Maybe he read the books. I don't know. But what a smart businessman to be able to put that together, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. 
And it's a lot like what you guys at 2400 The Movement are doing. You're like, all right, well, we did this thing. We found this thing that we, we are the right team. We can build this product. How can we now take that same stuff and apply these principles to it and find our people, our product, what we want to sell, who we want to be, put all that stuff together. I love it. Yep. Nah, spot on, man. And uh, yeah, we're in a good space. We're in a good space, man. So I didn't hear the uh, the outro. Oh, I'll put it on t- uh, this week's show. Did it not go on last week's show? Okay, I don't think so. I tried. I tried it. All right. Well, I'll put it. I'll put it on this week's show again, um, and then we can listen to it. We can talk about it next week and, and see what see what we think. My, well, it's an intro that Mike recorded like a couple of weeks ago, I think, or maybe a month ago now. Yeah. And uh, Mike's awesome. Wait do you hear his voice? His voice is like, it's so silky smooth. He's got like okay. a voice for radio perfectly. And uh, so he's just trying to like figure out, he's like, trying to, he's like, how should I make a thing for your show? And I was like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't ever tried to make a thing for our show. So he's, he's playing with it and figuring it out. I think he's having a lot of fun. He'd be really good at that sort of thing. I don't know if there's any work in that area, but. He'd be really, really good at it. I'm sure it is. I'm imagining like Tom McGinnis, the Sixers announcer, like that that voice is what I'm, the image that I got in my head. It's like, hey, dude, it's not it's not actually that far off. It's like he's <laughs> his he's really like his voice is like super clear, and it's like a it's a nice tone. I don't know. He's got a way nicer voice than either you or me. That's for sure. Mm. <laughs> oh man! All right, looking so, looking forward to it for sure. Uh, all right, so uh, next week we got chapters. Let's see, this was seven, eight, and nine. nine so we got yeah. chapters uh, 10, 11, and 12. 10, 11, and 12? Yep, 10, 11, 12. Cool. Uh, where yeah. can people find us, Vernon? They can find us at 2400themovement.com. Well, they could find us there. But I sure can. That's a, that's a little product placement by you. That's yeah, nice right? work. <laughs> they can find us at theprocessesblackandwhite.com. And they can search us on social media at theprocessesblackandwhite. We'll pop right up. All right. Talk to you next All time. right, man. Have a good week. You too.